Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Yeah, if I'm his friend, I don't know how he talks about his enemies, right? So, come on right there now. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad my wife did give me permission to come, so we're thankful for that. Um, the bad thing is, most people just want to see her, so when she don't show up, it's like, why are you even here? So, it's kind of like when we go to uh, our parents' house, and well, when our kids were smaller, when we used to show up, and the kids weren't there, they're like, why are you even here if you didn't bring the kids? You know, I mean, for the Andrew, it's like, we're nothing anymore. And the grandkids is all they care about. But Brandon and Maddie are doing well. I was glad that Micah traveled down. He actually uh, was so eager to seek the Lord that he came down yesterday. That's exactly why he came down a day early, because he couldn't wait to get to be a part of the meeting. I'm sure that's why it was, but I'm glad he's with me this, this weekend. And uh, family's doing well. The Lord's been good to us, and we're thankful for that. Um, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good trip coming down today. I am thankful. Uh, to be in church with friends tonight, I praise the Lord, Brother Andrew Decker and his family, and the boys, amen, got to be here, um, he's a, been a dear friend of mine, and I know many of yours as well, I'm thankful the Lord used him last night in the service, and I trust that God will use his word, I just want to be a vessel that he can work through tonight, and I'm a vessel that's needed some work today, I'm just going to be honest with you, uh, I hit, uh, on my way over here, about six hours to get here, it took me about seven and a half hours to get here. Uh, it was a blessing, so just me and myself and my thoughts and the Holy Spirit, and he left after about three hours, he said, hey, I'll see you tonight, so <laughs> he said, I'll see you at church, uh, I got stuck in traffic for about an hour and a half, moving at about 40 miles an hour, and don't ask my wife, but I, I'm not a good traffic person, so I'm just going to be honest with you, I was late getting here tonight, and wouldn't let anybody, uh, somebody's trying to cut in, I thought the guy behind me will be a Christian, I've got to get to church, and so I always wonder and worry on my, way to, um, on my way to work or on my way to church uh, that I don't pass any church members doing 90, but it was, it was testing, amen? I, I was looking, the, the blessing was waiting somewhere, but uh, it wasn't in traffic today. I'm sure it was in the water, but it wasn't in the traffic, but uh, I'm thankful, thankful to be able to make it and be here, praise the Lord. I left the hotel and forgot my hanky, and somebody gave me a throw tonight, so uh, I mean, Lord have, look at that thing, I tell you what, I mean, you could... Uh, that's not worthy right there, so if it gets wild tonight, I'll have, uh, I'll have plenty of it to go. Mark chapter 8 is where we're going to be looking tonight, Mark chapter 8, and again, it is a joy for me and Micah to be here. I appreciate New Water and their choir, appreciate their friendship for many years, uh, have been a blessing in their choir. Lord has used them many times to help me in their songs, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate your faithfulness. I don't want to keep you long tonight. See, how long are you going to keep us? I have no idea, but I want to give you what the Lord has given me out of Mark chapter 8, and um, we'll let you go, and I'm sure you'll 
get something to eat later. Most of you probably ate several times today already. Can I get an amen? But how many of you know, no matter how many times you ate after church is over, you're already you're ready to eat again. So uh, that was me. I, uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I was in traffic for so long, I left the house this morning. I didn't stop till about three because I knew how bad it was. And so I finally whipped into Burger King, got a Whopper and hit the road. So I, I've been living on a Whopper for all day long. And so it's about out of gas and I'm going to need to... Uh, Need to refuel, praise the Lord. So, Mark chapter 8, and let's read uh, some scripture here. Uh, it should be a familiar passage, scripture to you, and I want to just sh- share some things with you. Really, uh, a part of a verse that God showed me that was an encouragement to you, an encouragement to me, and I-, I hope it will be that to you tonight as well, and just be a blessing. Verse number 22, the Bible tells us this, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And the Bible says he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked if he saw all. Isn't it interesting how God works? You know, I mean, you think, why would the Lord spit on his eyes? And, uh, you know, the thing about God is this. He often works in a unique way. Sometimes he may not always work the way you think he should, but God's always at work. And even in life, you look and the choir was singing, Brother Paul was exhorting. Sometimes you're looking at life thinking, God, you're not doing anything, but really He is, but it may not be the way that you thought He should do it. But uh, it don't mean that He's not working. And the Bible uh, tells us in verse 24, And He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, He put His hands again upon His eyes and He made Him look up and He was restored and saw every man clearly. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, I thank you for your presence being here already. Lord, in the music, I appreciate, Lord, your touch and the Spirit of God. We know that without that, Lord, nothing lasting can happen. And I pray tonight that you'd use the Word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that we can be a vessel for your Word and for your Spirit. But Lord, tonight we're nothing. And I pray that you'd empower this book and use it tonight, the words of it, to Uh, Lord, meet the needs of these people. I don't know what they are, God. If I tried to preach to the need of each person, we'd be here for longer than we had time tonight. But I'm thankful that you can meet every need in a moment of time through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God. And I pray that you'd do that. I pray that you'd help us, God. I pray that you'd get glory in everything that's said and done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to look back, if you would, in verse number 25 tonight. The Bible tells us this. In this story, the blind man had been touched, but what caught my attention was this. The Bible says, and after that, watch this word, uh, this phrase. After that, the Bible says, he put his hands, what does it say? Again, upon his eyes, and made him to look up, and he, he was restored, and the Bible says, saw every man clearly. Now, this passage tonight, in the Word of God, I believe is a good illustration of our lives. And as I begin to read this just yesterday, and begin to dwell on this passage, I got to thinking about Jesus touching this blind man. The Bible says he touched the blind man. And I'll say this, when he touched the blind man, the Bible says his eyes were open. And as every person could testify in this church tonight, when you was lost, you were blind. When Jesus saved you, he opened your eyes, and you ought to be thankful for the day that he did just that. And you notice the Bible says when his eyes were open, he looked around, and he had vision, but the Bible says his vision was distorted. 
And as he started looking, the Bible says that he saw men as trees walking. Now, I'm getting to the stage right now in life where I, I have a pair of readers, okay? I don't yet use them behind the pulpit. I don't, I don't know why. But uh, uh, my, well, I teach an adult Sunday school class, and the guy said, man, he said, you read the Bible wrong all the time. He said, you need to wear them glasses. And so, I don't know. I've just not brought myself. I've not, I mean, I'm there. I'm old, right? But I've just not embraced it yet. So... Uh, but after, after sometimes that distortion sets in, well, he looked around and he could see, but the Bible says he saw men as trees walk and things were unclear. It was as he was looking through a distorted lens. But let me just back up and say this. He was no doubt grateful to God for what had happened in his life. He was a blind man and Jesus touched this blind man. And the Bible said that his eyes were open. And I promise you, if you ask him, if it had never got better than that, he would have told you it was a day that when he would remember forever that Jesus came and touched him and opened his blinded eyes. And what a, listen, what a wonderful thing that that is. But you know what? Jesus didn't just stop there. The Bible says in verse 25, after he touched him and his eyes were open, in verse 25 it says, and after that he put his hands again upon his eyes. And that... That phrase kind of captivated my, uh, my heart, my attention. I noticed when Jesus came to him a second time and he touched him again, the Bible says he was restored and he saw everything clearly. I begin to think about when the Lord touched us and opened our eyes from darkness to light. Hey, it forever changed us. The day that you got saved, I don't know if you know this or not, it was the best thing ever happened to you. Is the best day of your life. Hey, you might have had a lot of good days in your life, but you've never had a better day than the day Jesus came and touched you and opened your blinded eyes and saved you. And you know what? I believe we could say amen to that tonight. I believe we could say amen to the fact that God changes us. But you know what? There have been times when in life things become unclear. Things get distorted, if you will. I use that word tonight. And after our eyes have been open, and after we've been walking for some time, it seems that things just are not as clear as they should be. And that is in our life when we need for Jesus to come by and to touch us again. Just like He did this blind man. And I'm thankful, as I begin to think through this passage, Brother Andrew, I'm thankful for times in my life when I've had a verse 25 experience, when He put His hands again upon my life. And tonight, I want to say this to you. You may be in a place as a mom, as a dad, as a preacher, listen, as a Christian, where things have just become unclear or distorted in life. And you may need just what this blind man needed tonight for the Lord to touch you again. Tonight, just for a few minutes, I want to look at this thought of touch me again, Lord. Touch me Again, Lord, I want us to look in Scripture tonight. I want you to take your Bibles, look at Matthew chapter 8, if you would, at some touches that Jesus give in the Word of God. Nothing complicated that you're not going to be able to digest spiritually, but I believe some truths that will help you tonight as you think about it. Touch me again, Lord. Now, I want you to see tonight, first of all, in Matthew chapter 8, in verse number 1 tonight, the Bible tells us this. And when he came down from the mountain, the great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Well, I love this. And Jesus put forth his hand, and what does the Bible say? And he touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy 
was cleansed. You know what you ought to thank God for tonight? That He has the ability, Jesus does, to touch a life, not only physically, but He's able to do that spiritually. Uh, tonight, here's what we see in Scripture. We see a cleansing touch. From Jesus, or whenever He put His hand on life, sometimes it would be a cleansing touch when literally He would touch somebody's body and heal it of an ailment. Now, you know what I'm thankful for? That God can do that. We've had so many people in our church and we've prayed. You know what God's seen fit to do? Touch those people miraculously. we got a guy in our church named Tyler Manick. Several years ago, he was diagnosed with leukemia. There's right in the middle of having their baby. And it looked like the doctor said, you need to get your life in order. You're going to die. Tyler's a young man. Uh, he worked for the power company and, uh, you know, traveled all over the place, climbed power poles. He was a, he was a very a strong, tough young man. And he found out, hey, I got leukemia, I'm going to die. And it devastated him. And I remember us praying for him. And I remember going to visit him one time in the hospital. And, and he had just got a word from God. And Tyler was not ashamed of Jesus. I mean, he would embarrass you whenever you talk to him about the Lord. He got in hospital bed that day. I said, Tyler, I just come to encourage you. He said, let me tell you what God told me from his word. And he just started shouting and rejoicing in the bed about the goodness of God. You know what the Lord did for Tyler? He touched him. I mean, cleansed him and made him whole. He preached at our church two Sunday nights ago a wonderful message about what God did in his life. You know what? I'm thankful God can still do that today. He don't always choose to do it. One of our good men, Donnie Hilsendagger, just went to be with the Lord a few weeks back. A great man in our church. He don't always choose to do it, but just know this. He can do it if he chooses to. It's that cleansing touch. But I'm glad it don't just stop there. He's able to cleanse us spiritually. In Mark chapter 2, uh, there was a man healed by the Lord who was carried by his friends. You remember that story? They tore the roof off and lowered him. And you know what the Lord said to him? The first thing God said to him, he said, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. But you know what the Pharisees thought that blasphemous? And here's what they said, Wherefore thank ye in your hearts? Jesus uh, answered the Pharisees who thought that he was blasphemous. And he said, Wherefore thank you in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise and walk, but that ye may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And then to heal, and the Bible says, then he said to the sick of the palsy, arise, take thy bed, go to thy house. And he arose and departed to his house. You know what Jesus did in this instance? He touched this man and cleansed him not only of his physical ailments, but spiritually did a work in his heart. You know what God can do? He can still do that today. He still has that cleansing touch. Listen, in order to make a difference in life, I, I thought today about a potter and how that he puts his hands into that clay and when he does, he begins to search for the impurities in that clay. You know what he's not afraid to do? He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to get his hands in the mud and listen in the mire and just reach around and begin to work in that in order to cleanse it from impurities in order for it to be a vessel that can be used. You know what God's not afraid of tonight? He's not afraid of what you've got in your life. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty and reach down to the darkest, deepest place, listen, in this life or even in this church, and touch you and cleanse you of whatever you may have in your heart tonight. He can do it. And by the way, isn't that what revival's about? For God to cleanse us and to make us better. I, I read a story this afternoon about a guy named Gary Richmond, and he said that he gained some interesting perspective about snakes he was working with a snake handler at a zoo. And by the way, I'm just going to say this. If that's your job for a living, you're probably out of the will of God. Okay? 
I mean, there's a lot of things in life you can do, but if you're a snake handler, you're just weird, man. I'm sorry. If you got snakes in your house, forgive me for saying that. I just have this phobia of snakes, and it's just a strange thing if you handle snakes. All right, so let me just, let's just clear the air. But uh, so Gary Richmond and four other men milked, <laughs> and I got disturbed reading this, milked the venom of a king cobra. I've been asked to do a lot of things in life, but being able to milk the venom of a king cobra is not one on my list, nor is it uh, ever going to be by the grace of God. And they said they took this thing, an extremely dangerous task, and uh, they said the cobra that they were milking had enough venom in it to kill a thousand adults. I thought, yeah, that's a pretty dangerous snake. They said they took an entire roll of paper towels and pushed it up into the cobra's mouth and promptly closed it. And they said that thing began to become saturated with all kind of poisonous venom out of that snake's mouth. Now, I mean, just reading this made me cringe thinking about it. And when they was ready to release this snake, the curator said this. He, said, he, he warned them, he said, more people are bitten trying to let go of snakes, he said, than when they grab them. He said, if it's not released properly, it could turn around, he said, and bite its captors. And here's what I begin to think about. Many people, listen now, They claim to repent of sin, but then they don't ever forsake it. It's like, listen, it's like grabbing a hold of a snake and saying, all right, I'm going to let it go and letting go of its head, not its tail. You know what's going to happen eventually? It's going to come back and get you. But you know what you got? You got a lot of people in church and the Lord begins to work in their hearts and the Spirit of God begins to move in their life and they decide, you know what? I'm going to let Him touch me and they let go, but they don't let go all the way. And they walk out the back door carrying the tail, listen, carrying the tail of the snake home with them, just waiting for it to rise up and strike again and poison them. And tonight, I don't know what it is that you've got going on. You say, man, we're in church on a Friday night. Calm down, preacher. Well, you know what the reality of it is? A lot of people can be in church, but you may be here tonight just like that, listen, just like the passage we read, and you may be in need of a cleansing touch from God in your life. Only God knows. The Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows the things in your life tonight. And you know, it may be that you need tonight to let God touch you and allow you just to turn loose of whatever it is, listen, that's kept you captive. It's poisoned you in your life. By the way, there's things in this world that'll poison you, that'll kill you, and you need to be willing to let the Lord cleanse you of that and turn loose. We see in in Scripture tonight, there's a cleansing touch. Take your Bibles, if you wouldn't, look at Matthew 17. A few pages over Matthew chapter 17. There's a cleansing touch, but then I want you to notice tonight, Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. There's a comforting touch that God gives. I want you to notice in verse number 5, if you would, the Bible says that while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of that cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And the Bible says that when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And notice what happened. And Jesus came. By the way, anytime you see that, that's a wonderful, beautiful passage of Scripture. And Jesus came. Hey, you're in the middle of an awful situation and you don't know what to do. You know what the Bible says? Jesus came. How many times you found yourself there, listen, afraid, downcast, disheartened, and Jesus came. And notice he didn't just show up. The Bible says, and Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. 
These disciples were amazed, but they were also afraid at the same time. They didn't know what to do. They kept their heads down. And listen, until Jesus came and He touched them, the Bible says He removed their fear, and that touch of His hand was a comforting, calming touch in their life. And by the way, aren't you thankful Jesus still does that tonight? That he can come. Now listen, how many times have you heard about uh, people being in church and, oh boy, their life's a wreck and they're in some crisis, but they say, but God gave me peace. You know what God did? God touched them in the middle of that situation. And he was able to give them just what they needed. Hey, maybe some of you come in tonight tore up about things going on in your life and I'm not sure what we're going to do and there's uncertainty. You know what? All those things can vanquish in a moment when the comforting hand of God is placed upon us and the sweet Holy Ghost begins to speak. You know what? There's nothing like that touch. There's nothing like that touch that can comfort and calm us in a moment of crisis. I'm thankful that He does that. I'm thankful that He helps us when we really need it. I was out the other day and... Uh, I don't remember one day last week and was just running through town after work, just on a, on a normal jog through town and I had headphones in, I was listening to some music at the time, I don't even know what it was, and just random songs playing and one of them, it was telling the story about a guy that was, that had uh, cancer, was all messed up and it was this conversation uh, that this man had just wrote about a guy's life and the statement that he made was this, he said, this life's not always wonderful. That was a statement that he made. Then he went on to say this. He said, this life isn't always wonderful, but what a wonderful life it is. Man, as I was running, I caught another gear coming through town. <laughs> I was about a six on the treadmill. I hit a seven. You know why? Because I started thinking about that statement. Then in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And what I started thinking about was this. This life is not always wonderful. I mean, there's terrible things in every Listen, in every element of this life, you turn the news on and get discouraged. In family, you get discouraged. Hey, maybe even tonight in your own house, your marriage might be a wreck. Your kids may be a mess. Your job may be falling apart. This life's not always wonderful. But if you've got Jesus in it, I want to say this to you. What a wonderful life that it is. <laughs> if you've got Jesus hey, on board with you, it's a wonderful thing you've got going, even if everything around you ain't going good. And I'm going to tell you what, that began to bless me. You know what it was? It was just a comforting touch from God as some things were going on in my mind and heart. And God said, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Everything in life ain't wonderful, but I'm wonderful in it. And he went on to say this before he died. He said, this life ain't always wonderful, but what a wonderful life it is. And he made this statement. He said, this life ain't always wonderful. He said, but this life ain't all there is. And then I called a third gear, amen. I went from seven to eight, and I thought, hallelujah, man. And you know what? I begin to think about what we have to come in this life. Hey, what we have to come in the future, uh, one day this life will be no more, and that touch that comforts us will be a hand that will never leave us one day on the other side of eternity. <laughs> Tonight, you know what? You may have come into this meeting and realized, boy, some things in my life are just unclear, are just distorted, I'm just afraid of what may happen. I'm afraid, of the, and by the way, people are all the time for good reason, for legitimate reason, but there's nothing like the touch of God that will alleviate those fears in your life and comfort you like nothing else can. And tonight you may need that. I don't know, I don't know what it is in your heart and your mind, but God can give a comforting touch. Look at two more places. Look in Jeremiah chapter 1 tonight. Jeremiah chapter 1, the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter number 1, 
And the Bible says this, and this is an interesting touch. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 8. Jeremiah's preaching, and as many of you preachers have looked out and witnessed the faces of those that you speak to, sometimes it's not always a pleasant thing. Can I help you, can I help you tonight and help you, preacher? You know, you could smile in church. It's not a sin. It's, it's really not. I've searched the Scriptures over and over, and I've had a hard time finding it. Thou shalt not smile. You know, <laughs> I've read Exodus 20 pretty good, and I'm pretty sure that's not a commandment, but most people have taken it on as like sort of a life verse, a sort of an unspoken life verse. You know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to smile. And, uh, you know, you, you look out and think, man, the faces of the people sometimes can be discouraging. Now, for some, for some that don't bother, it just makes them mad, and their face changes, and they begin to... You know, they begin to rip heads, and I appreciate that. Amen, preachers of the Lewis. But you know what? Jeremiah was looking out, and in Jeremiah 1, verse 8, the Lord said this, be not afraid of their faces. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. He said, hey, don't worry about what they look like. If they don't look like they're enjoying it, the message is still okay. And you don't have to like it for it to be true. You don't even have to pay attention. Because the Holy Spirit's got a way of getting in there and reminding you tonight. You know, when you get in the bed and you think, I wouldn't listen to the Lord like, yeah, you was, and I'm going to remind you what you heard. And so he told Jeremiah, don't worry about their face. He says, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Verse 9. This is interesting. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. You know what this is tonight? This is a communicating touch. A communicating touch. Have you ever faced a circumstance or situation where you know you're going to have to say something, but you didn't, you weren't real sure what you were going to say? You had no idea, God, what I'm supposed to say in this situation. You know what? Oftentimes this will happen. Maybe when somebody <coughs> comes to you for counsel and they say, "Hey, I need to talk to you." And that's a that's always a a nerve wracking thing, especially if it's a couple. And we've had so many of those in our church. Like, hey, I want to sit down and talk to you, and they just think you're going to tell them whatever's going to fix all their problems. And the problem is, you might you might tell them what they need to know, but if they don't if they don't act on what you tell them, then it ain't going to do no good. Going to get an amen right there. But a communicating touch. You know what God can do? God can touch you in a way sometimes that He gives you just the right words to say. And I'm thankful for that. I've got people in my life that I've tried to reach out to and minister to, and it seems like sometimes that, uh, boy, I'm just, uh, I'm hitting the wall. But you know what God can do? God can give you just the right words in just the right moment to make a difference in somebody's life. You can have that. You say, I could never approach so-and-so. I would never know how to talk to them. I would know. You know what you may need tonight? That communicating touch from God where He puts His hand on your mouth and He can tell you just what to say and how to say it. Hey, maybe, maybe you're at school and uh, maybe you've been burdened to witness to somebody and I don't know what to say. You know what God can do? God can touch you and give you just the words to say. And by the way, this happened in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 10, the Lord took His apostles aside and He was explaining to them that they were going to stand in some tough situations. In Matthew 10, I won't make you turn, but in Matthew 10, verses 18 and 19, here's what he said. He said, And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. He said, For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. God said this, I got your back. Hey, you may not know what to say, but I know what to say, and I can touch you and I can speak through you. By the way, sometimes that's the way it is up here, Brother Jesse. 
I get up and I think, Lord, I sure hope you know what to say tonight because I ain't got a clue, God. I need your help. I need that communicating touch. I wonder tonight if you need that in your life. I wonder if there's a situation that you just need wisdom in. You say, God, I need you to touch my mouth. Now, I tell you this, God does need to touch some of your mouths, but maybe not in a communicating touch. He, he needs to do like he did the lines and shut that mouth. Amen? Come on, can I get a witness tonight? I know some people that need that kind of touch, and you say, yeah, God, and I'll be your man for it. No, God don't need you to do that. But the reality of it is tonight, you may need wisdom from God. Lord, I don't know how to approach this situation in that communicating touch. God's, God put his hand on Jeremiah, and he said, behold, I put my words thy mouth. I'm thankful God can do that for us. He can give us just what to say and when to say it and how to say it. And tonight you may be in a situation in your life where you need just that. Let's look at one more tonight if you would. Luke chapter 7. Look back in Luke chapter 7 in the New Testament. I appreciate you turning tonight. Luke chapter 7. For some of you, your the food's calling. Amen. I don't know where you're going tonight. I think most Baptists try and find a Mexican restaurant after church, amen? But I don't know where, where your heart's desire is tonight, but I, I'll get you there soon. Luke chapter 7, and look at verse number 11. The Bible says this. I, well, I love this. And it came to pass that day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, much people. Now when he come nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother... And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And the Bible says, And when he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still, he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. In this passage, we see this. Jesus gave a change in touch. I imagine this scenario here, and maybe sometimes you read it but don't think about it. Here's a woman. It's, listen, this is a bleak situation. She's about to bury her only son. She's lost her husband. She's a widow. She's all alone. Could you imagine what it would be like? And by the way, there are people in this life that are just like that. They're all alone. I mean, they've lost everything. And, and by the way, when you lose everything, you think, what do I have to even live for? A lot of people get there tonight. By the way, a lot of Christians get there. I got some stories, and you probably know some as well, of good people that have just tried to take their life because they think I have no other reason to even live. Here's this woman in a funeral procession. She's lost her husband, and now her only son is dead. And life itself, in her mind and heart, is over. Where there was once life, there's death, there's sorrow, and there's brokenness. Listen, but that all changed when Jesus passed by. That all changed when Jesus decided, listen, he decided one day I'm going to show up for a funeral. Now, I've been to a lot of funerals, but I'm going to tell you this, none that Jesus has ever physically been to. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what, if you ever go to one that he shows up at, things are going to get exciting. Amen? <laughs> you better have the video camera ready because things, things are about to change in a way that you never thought possible. But in this story, here's what you see. That Jesus reached down and touched the body of this dead boy and that, listen, that touch forever changed him. The Bible says he sat up and he began to speak. I can't tell you probably what that did for that mom on that day. And I can't imagine the celebration, the rejoicing that might have took place. But I promise you this, if you'd have had a chance to talk to the boy that day, 
And I, I just could imagine that everybody that he's seen, he would have told them that when Jesus touched me, it changed everything. It changed everything. You know what tonight he can do for a life? Jesus can touch a life and change everything about it. By the way, listen, a life that's already been saved, he can do that. He can step into a family and touch it and change everything. Well, how we've seen God do that. There's some situations right now that, I mean, they're hopeless. Unless God does something, they're hopeless. But you know what I'm thankful for? We're able to point them to some other situations in church and say, hey, we know nobody else knows this, and you don't know this, but their life was a mess, and it looked like things were going to fall apart, and God touched them and changed them and put it all back together. That's what He can do. Hey, God can do that for a life. Nothing's ever beyond He'll make it a difference in it. Hey, your heart tonight may be cold and hard and think, man, I, I, there, there's no hope for, for anything in life. If Jesus could touch you, He could change all that. And He could change the bitterness that you have tonight, maybe towards somebody else. He can change it. And listen, He can make it all new. I thought about different times in my life when this has happened to me. I remember I was 11 years old. I grew up in a preacher's home. Had a great life. I mean, always had the Bible around me all the time. Thought I got saved when I was five, but I didn't when I was 11 years old. In the back bedroom of my parents' house, I come to a saving knowledge of Christ and who He really was. And that night, you know what happened? He touched me, and He opened my blinded eyes. And He changed me. And hey, what a wonderful day that was for an 11-year-old boy. What a difference Jesus made in my life that night. Listen, that I've never got over. And as a teenager, listen, God was good to me. Uh, listen, 12 years in a Christian school, never, never darkened the doors of a public school just because of the favor of God and where we were in life. God was good to me like that, but I got away from Him. Hey, at 15, I got my first job. And I got connected to the wrong crowd. And you know what? Life began to spiral out of control. Hey, listen, my home was a mess. My parents had divorced, and, and my heart was just distant from God. And for two years, I run as far as I could away from Him. And I thought, God, that life is not for me. I appreciate where I grew up and appreciate what you did, but that's not for me anymore. But you know what happened? Hey, on Tuesday night, 25 years ago at a camp, I just showed up because there's the only night I had off for work. I had no intention whatsoever of letting God do anything in my life that night. Just like maybe you come to church with no intention of leaving any different than what you came. But there's something about when God shows up and the difference that it makes. I remember being at that camp that night as I've been to camps many, many years since then. But that night was so different because I showed up. I knew my heart was a mess. I knew my life, Brother Greg, was a mess. And that night had no intention of letting God do anything for it. But little did I know, I wasn't looking for Jesus, but that night he came looking for me. <laughs> and listen, in the invitation, I, I, don't, I can't tell you all the circumstances that led up to uh, the Lord doing a work in my life. I just remember getting up out of my seat, and I remember a buddy of mine saying, hey man, if you'll go, I'll go. It's been a long time since I've been to an altar. I remember walking, listen, on that concrete gym floor down to an altar. And that night, Brother Joe, God touched me. It was a change in touch. He had touched me when I was 11, but that night he touched me again. I'm going to tell you what it did. It forever changed my life. I wouldn't be married to the woman I am today. I wouldn't have the kids that I have. I wouldn't have the life that I had. Hey, had it not been for the time that he come by and he put his hand on me again. But I got good news for you. It's not the last time that he's done it. There's been many times since then I've been in a dark place. 
And the Holy Ghost of God just show up and say, I got you. He puts his hand and touches me again. Changes. You know what? He can do that tonight for you. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.